from Chardon Physical Therapy. This is Chardon Biz, a show about local entrepreneurs and innovators sharing their stories. Who are the people behind our favorite businesses? This is the Chardon Biz Podcast. I'm Dave Nelson, your host. We are here with Denise at your cookie shop, right, Dave for Delicious. Yep. I'm really excited to be here, and uh, a note for our listeners while we get started, uh, maybe a box of tissues would be appropriate, whether it's laughing too hard. <laughs> I hope laughing. Or, yeah. Or <laughs> but, you know, it there's, could be. There's some, good, there's some good stories. There's a lot of emotions in my story. Yes. You know, we had a really good chat. Um, I, I don't think our listeners know this, but I actually meet with my guests before recording this. That way we can just understand uh, what we're going to get into, kind of the roadmap of what we're going to talk about. And I think it's just a better presentation for uh, the folks that are curious about what you have going on. Your process is perfect. Thanks. I'm amazed by it. It's, it's always getting updated and fine-tuned, but it's it's part of the fun. So let's kind of get into your background. And I'm just going to throw a date out there. We're going to say 2010. I'd like to talk about before then. So like, where'd you grow up? And uh, how'd you meet your husband? Perfect. Okay, so I am a Chardon grad. I grew up, I've lived in Chardon my whole life. I'm a townie, you could say. Um, I grew up here. My mom grew up here. So I've been in Chardon all my life. I graduated in 1995. And then I went away to college, to Ohio University, to um, study initially physical therapy, which is very random because that's what your career is. However, I had no idea what it would entail. So I didn't make it very far into that path. Um, I chose directions in school, didn't really know what to do, but I just chose education. I loved, I liked kids. I've always just kind of been a nurturer, encourager. Um, I knew a lot of teachers that made a great impact on my life. So. I decided to be um, go in the direction of elementary education, and that's where I met my husband. We were part of um, a consortium where our group of like about 20 people, we did all of our classes junior and senior year together and went into a, a very like impoverished school in the Athens area to do all our field experience work. So it was called the Chansey Partnership. And so Paul was just one of the guys in the group and I, I memories of him then, it's funny because he was like the, the, the funny, quirky, creative guy in the group that never knew when big projects were due. We'd all be scurrying around working on things and he'd be like, wait, that's due tomorrow? We'd be like, Paul, how do you even know? And then he'd like do better than everybody else somehow. So. Um, yeah, he was like a great friend for a really long time. And I think then, we all know some of those people. Like, yeah, just that jealousy, but they can pull it out. He yep. just pulls it off <laughs> all the time, and he still does that today. So that's how we met, and we got married in the year two thousand. And he grew up in like southeast Ohio. He moved up to this area, and this is just where we decided to start our family. Very good. You, you always come back home. I know yeah. it. It's yeah. a great place. I never, I never appreciated it enough when I was younger. You know, you want to get as far away from home almost. But then you realize as you age, what a great place it is. It's just such a great community. Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in Leeward Township, so I knew of Chardon. We come into Chardon sometimes, but um, I don't have the same appreciation that you do as far as like the growth that I yes. know has happened over the past even 10 years, which is pretty cool. So it's great to be a part of that like now, right? And you yeah, too, like you're totally. part of that growth, yeah. which is really awesome. 
So three girls. Three right? girls. Go ahead. Yeah. What are their names and how so, old are they now? Okay. So our oldest, Delaney, she's 17. It makes me feel just so old even saying that. But she's 17. She's a junior at Chardon High School. Um, she is a proud member of the marching band in Chardon. She absolutely loves being a part of a group. She has special needs, and I'll talk more about that later. But to see how the marching band has like just embraced her and allows her to be part of this this group it she has a shaker she plays so it's not very like audible you can't hear it in the stands but like she's a part of it she gets to be on the field just shaking her heart out it's just so fun so she loves that so much and just being around people in town so that's like her thing um mckenna my middle daughter is 14 she goes to Chardon Middle School. She, no, she's a high schooler. She's like middle school at the high school okay. because eighth grade is at the high school now. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the actress of our family. She loves to perform. She's very talented singing and dancing and performing. So she's auditioning for everything that comes around. And we spend a lot of time in a theater or driving her to theaters. And then our youngest daughter, Keely, she's a third grader at Munson. And she does love to perform too, but her favorite um, activity, I'd say, is art. She's like a drawer, an animator. She's figured out somehow how to do things on on apps where she animates her drawings, and I have no clue what she's even doing. So I can't wait to see what she does one day because she's developed her own little thing. That is so neat. Yeah. It's um, you know, watching my boys like around the house, they pick up these objects that look kind of resemble a phone we're talking like one and a half years old and he's having full-on conversations with whoever's on the other side and uh i don't think that that's anything we did growing up right we didn't have those types of phones you know we had the corded whatever um so seeing kind of that correlation with like what your daughter has going on it will be really interesting to see like technologically what she gets into yeah Yeah. she definitely has to take like a coding class Yeah, is that what you recommend? Like, I'm really trying to figure out what could she do now to like help with that interest. But I just need to research because I know a lot of colleges have suggestions for things like that because that's not something that's just in Chardon that I know of animating things. Yeah, she'll be teaching you a ton, I'm sure. She will. Yeah, I know. Yeah, very good. Uh, So let's kind of bump up to uh, 2010. It's going backwards a little bit, but. yeah, so let's talk about how you, I don't want to say started, because that's not the right word. I think it's found. How did you find oh, cookies? I love that. So, all right. So I got my teaching degree from Ohio University, and I was a teacher in Geauga County. I went through various schools um, until I got my permanent position at Kenston. So I was a teacher. I had Delaney in 2004, and juggling working full-time and being um Okay, Delaney, when she was born, we knew that there were some some differences. There, She had really low muscle tone at birth. Like There were always just these red flags in her development that we were concerned about, but there were no real answers other than, okay, she has low muscle tone and microcephaly, which is a small head. And so as she got a little bit older, she wasn't reaching milestones. She didn't crawl when she was supposed to, or walk when she was supposed to, or talk when she was supposed to. And like I use supposed to as general terms, but she really, she was like a year to pass those those um, traditional milestones. So um, as I was teaching full-time, raising Delaney, McKenna was on the way. 
I felt just overwhelmed. I felt like I would give all my energy away to students in the classroom and come home and my basically nonverbal daughter was not able to, like I wasn't able to understand what she needed. Um, Delaney is verbal now, but at the time I couldn't understand the babbling and what it meant. And Delaney is a very persistent girl, still is. If you don't understand what she has to say, you can't just like pretend like you know and move on or distract her and move on. Like she will know you don't know and she is set on a path to make sure she makes it known, whatever it takes. And so that mental energy just was too much. So I made the decision to resign from teaching and stay home to be with the girls and give my full energy to them. But in that process, over the years. I just felt like I had no idea who I was. I lost my identity in a sense. Um, I was so caught up in what Delaney's diagnosis was, like what was this word to describe what was going on with Delaney? And there was just no real answer. Uh, Specialist after specialist, genetic counselors, like all sorts of therapists involved. There was nothing we really could no, as far as like an idea, a snapshot of the future, it was just, let's work on these therapies now. Um, but I got so consumed by it. I just, I feel like it just sucked the life out of me. Um, I feel that I was just going down into a deep, dark pit of just lost myself in what was I, what more could I do for my daughter? Um, and it really, it really was hard. I was at the lowest point, Um, you know, I pulled away from friends. I really just, no one would know. I didn't talk about it. I put on a pretty good fake front for everyone to think everything was all good. Um, But you know, my marriage was falling apart. I just couldn't communicate the, the pain and grief I felt about my fears. I was just scared for what was yet to come. And so I saw on a blog one day, one of my friend's blogs, she posted about cookies. And she was making and decorating cookies. And I just thought they looked so cute. They just looked really fun. Um, Everyone commented about just like how it made their special days so special when she made these cookies for them. So I was like, I'm going to make my daughter cookies for her birthday. McKenna was turning, I want to say it was three. So I made some cookies. And in the process of decorating cookies, I got lost. I felt like it was therapy for me. Flooding a cookie takes me to a place that all I can say is it's like a therapeutic process. I get lost in it. I love taking a blank canvas and turning it into something else and then seeing that person react in such like a positive way. Like there are memories embedded in cookies. When I would work on cookies at night, I felt like my problems just like washed away. Um, So cookies were just fun. And then someone would ask, you know, where are those cookies from? Could I have some? And then someone from that party would ask the hostess, like, where'd you get these cookies? And they would pass my name along. And so it was very accidental, the whole process. I never wanted to be a cookie lady. I, I just like creative things. I've always loved scrapbooking and just like turning something blank into something beautiful. So it was just, I feel like God dropped me cookies in a time in my life that I just needed rescued. That's awesome. You broke out of that survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. My wife had been in there, that that position before, not probably to the extent that you were, but that we just need to go day to day. What are we having for dinner tonight? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Right. Exactly. And 
you didn't have any energy left for anything else. No, there wasn't. Yeah. Like, so how do you think that uh, that additional time, maybe just away from your environment, uh, how did that start to adjust and change just you, right, at home, uh, the relationships that you had, like that were so close to you, how did that change? So I definitely feel like it, looking back, it was so important that I had that time to almost break down and like rebuild because I just, I feel like I learned a lot about myself and was able to learn how important it is. You know, Paul and I went to a counselor for marriage counseling and it was so important to learn how communication is so important. And I know I've heard that, but like, I just have learned to communicate my feelings so much more. And so rebuilding like a stronger foundation where we're two new people. We're parents of a child who needs a lot of extra time. Like we both have changed in the process. So we we rebuilt in a way that it was it was crucial and necessary. It could have gone either direction. And I'm just so glad we wouldn't have Keely after this this whole process. Like our youngest wouldn't be here if we hadn't gone through this hard time. So um, I rebuilt and I just feel like that alone time and doing cookies out of my house for a while, it it developed a work ethic, it developed like a sense of purpose. And I, I feel like my sense of purpose is different now than it was in those times, but I found a new thing. I found something that really was like setting my heart on fire. And I knew it, like I knew there was something special about these conversations I would have on my front porch with these moms who would come up to pick up their cookie orders. like. I really think I felt a little bit like Rapunzel trapped in my tower, that I was like trapped in my house, picking up babysitting jobs like during the day to have other kids over while their moms worked, trying to juggle all of it. Like it was it was not pretty. It was very hard and challenging, but it was a different kind of challenge. Like it was something that I knew was building and I didn't know where it was going, but I knew like I needed to put in the, the effort into doing this. Like something was around the corner. I didn't know what, but order after order, and then you know, people just start to hear about your product or hear about you. And I was honored that people would reach out to me as a home baker, someone in my house baking cookies, little kids around, you know, they'd come in and pick up cookies or something, stand in my in the entryway and I'm never one to like say my house is like my, I wish I was a great housekeeper, but like it's chaotic. Kids live here. Kids play here. Like this is who I am. And I think we appreciate like real. I, I know I do. It's, we all are a mess somehow. And so it's great when you can just see someone in their environment like, oh yeah, like things are crazy because you're pouring your energy into loving your family or making cookies. And that's where I was. It sounds like a lot of folks really did get to see that, right? And uh, they got to see that a little bit more intimately right? with your classes. So can yes. you go into how did that start to develop? Yeah. So I remember Stephanie at the Nest was like a real inspiration for classes because I loved attending her classes where it's like there's a theme of a, an activity you create that night. And my friends and I would go and we'd create this awesome, you know, uh, home decor item to put in our house. 
And I remember the moment I was sitting at my kitchen table, I was talking to my sister-in-law on the phone, and I was just like, Stephanie is so smart for having like classes where women can come together, like you accomplish something, but then you get to go home and like take something fun home as a memory. And I'm like, I wish I would have thought of something like that. I wish I knew how to do something like that. As I'm like flooding cookies and I set down the, the bottle, I was like, duh, oh my gosh. <laughs> people probably want to learn how to make cookies. So on Facebook, I started advertising, I'm going to have classes. In my basement of my house, I'm going to start having classes. Who wants to come? And so that took off. There were people coming, everyone like I knew at first, right? And then the next month, it would be like some people I knew and they brought a friend. And then the next month, there would be more unfamiliar faces and more unfamiliar faces. And I started just be like, this is, it's not weird in the sense of like, I like strangers just fine. I love to meet new people, but they're coming into a stranger's house and I'm having strangers come into my house and take them to the basement. Like, this is all a little weird. <laughs> so I decided I need to start, you know, renting different places to hold these classes. And so... That's what I did. I started running different places to hold the classes and I could see the momentum. Like I could see there was an interest in it. I could see people. I loved watching people feel that they were incapable of doing something. And then after teaching them how, they would walk away with a box of cookies that they did all themselves and they felt so proud of themselves. Like the number of people that just like admire their cookies and smile and feel like, I can't believe I did this. I love watching them make that accomplishment. So that was like the moment I realized, you know, because sometimes I look at back at my past and go, why would, like, why did I spend so much money to be a teacher and then get my master's? Like, I went through all these hoops to learn a trade that I'm no longer doing, but I did. Like, those experiences and that training and discovering how to teach that's carrying over just in a different different capacity. Like I get to teach people about cookies, which is so much more fun than teaching about math or science or something. Yeah. So um, to that, because I'm, I'm going to cut you off there for uh -huh. a second. Um, for someone who's listening to this, their mind is going to say, well, that's because the, the higher powers actually told you to go that route. Because if you didn't go that route, you wouldn't have met your husband. True. Right? And Absolutely. then you wouldn't be here. Absolutely. Like everything, everything in place had so Everything had to line far. up yeah, that way. Yeah. It's it definitely to. like falling in place. So. Totally. That's your answer. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. But, so go ahead and continue. So the classes, you're, you're renting space up on the square. Yes. Right? I was renting. Um, I used the tea room when it was serendipity tea room for a while. And then the heritage house on the square I was renting there. And I knew it was the right decision, but I would carry in 40 some boxes of cookies and all of the supplies for the class to set up. And I was just like, this is such a, like, this isn't the most efficient thing possible. Here I am baking all these cookies at home in the middle of winter, loading them all up in the car. Like just all the transporting was annoying. Like it was just annoying. So that's kind of when the conversation started where I'd be like, Paul, I need to open a shop. And he's like, that is crazy. That's absolutely crazy. We live in Chardon, Ohio. There are no cookie shops. Like I don't even know of a cookie shop. We're, we can't do that. And, you know, I would start to say those things. And he would always have, 
Paul and I are a great balance. Like, I think anything and everything is possible. And he thinks, like, he think, looks critically at everything and, like, finds all the problems, all the things that could go wrong. Because ultimately, he just doesn't want anything to fall apart for us. Like, he doesn't want us to lose everything to a bad decision. So lots of conversations started about owning a cookie shop, owning a cookie shop. And it was just getting heavy with holidays because the fourth quarter is the heaviest quarter in a cookie business because of Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Like those are heavy holidays. And we had a single oven. Like we have an oven that everyone has. Like two racks took, I think it was, I forget the old baking time, but I want to say it was like maybe 15 minutes or so of baking, like 24 cookies. And like that, it was on all day. Our oven was a champ, but it was on all day. And there were cookies everywhere. Our kitchen wasn't a kitchen. We moved our kitchen table into the living room and we had like these types of racks that you see here. Those were in our kitchen. It was just, it wasn't a home anymore. It started to convert into like a bakery. And I, although I still found a joy and a value in what I was doing, I was just around work all the time. There was just always like visible signs of like, I should finish detailing that. I should do that. I should do that. And there was just never a break. I couldn't just unplug and be like, this is our family's home. So Paul started to see that, but he was still very reluctant to say like, we should do this. He was still very reluctant and hesitant. There was a day that I feel was the moment that changed our confidence in what to do. A lot of prayer was happening at the time, but I got an email and the headline was greetings from the queue and just about swiped it to delete it because that looks like total junk mail. But when it said, hello, Diaz for delicious, like it caught my attention and I started reading and here the banquet manager for the catering company that was at the queue. Now it's Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, but at the time, Grace from Aramark Catering was reaching out to ask me if I'd be interested in being considered to be one of their specialty um, dessert providers for their 2017-2018 season. So that's when LeBron James was like at the height of his career in Cleveland. That's when like so many exciting things were happening. And I'm reading this email, just how she wants to get together and taste our cookies. She's heard great things and she just wants to get together and talk if we'd be interested in making cookies for their special events. And so that opportunity, I feel, just gave me the courage. It gave me the confidence that this isn't going to be the first cool opportunity. But I couldn't imagine um, just working with someone like that and not working with, like, real moms having birthday parties or weddings. Like, I wanted to have a space where I could accommodate the magnitude of what was coming because... They wanted a lot of cookies, and my customers still wanted cookies. And I wanted—I didn't want to say no to anybody. Yeah, can you share with us like how many is a lot? Yeah. So one of their first projects that they did was something like 1,200 or 1,300 decorated um, cookies for. Um, they were holding an event called Flashes of Hope, and it's an event for pediatric cancer patients to come and feel that. They're like, 
I want to say it's kind of like a night to shine where it's like a prom sense, but like these ki- these cancer patients are dressed up as like, you know, on a runway. They walk down with the coolest new outfit and they walk with some Cavs player or like a Cleveland celebrity where they're escorting them. And there's a lot of bidding on hype priced items and they always have a really cool theme like they had a few years they had a harry potter theme they had one year that was like an indiana jones theme they had one year like a chinese new year theme and so they would ask me to make cookies around like that concept and so there was a lot of like creative trust in it and then we would get invited to attend the event and so it was just so special to like and it was so beautiful. I love watching people enjoy cookies without them knowing like I had anything to do with it because they, the caterers like would set up all these cookies. Like you pour so much time into all these cookies and they're on a table and people are just grabbing them. And I remember just standing there for the first time and Paul and I were just standing there watching like this labor of love, just like People are just throwing all these extra in their purses. Like they're just wanting to take all these cookies. And it was just so special. It was just so cool to be on like that side of it. Cause I get embarrassed if I'm at an event and they're like, oh, she made those. And I, I don't know. It feels weird. It just feels like I don't I don't know how I feel about it. It's just an awkward feeling. But that was my favorite to watch people like appreciate them but not have like to talk about me being the one to do them yeah, you can see their raw reaction yeah, yeah exactly so so, like, so did you actually move into a space before that first order no that first order was my home really it was my home and it was such a like group effort i had yeah. friends and neighbors like helping with because there's so many steps of the process okay. like you look at a cookie and you're like it's a cookie but there's dough that has to be made. It has to be rolled out. It has to be cut out with the cookie cutter. Baked, decorated, packaged, boxed up. Like, there were so many steps. And yeah. so there was a team. There you, was a you team. You don't want to compromise, like, the integrity of everything, the, exactly. the specialty that each cookie was receiving, right? Exactly. But, you know, I, I'm sure there's probably more than one uh, oven going on at that Point, no, no, just one. It was still one. Okay, so yeah, it our was, math folks out it was there just can do that all day long. It was <laughs> like because you have to make them fresh. There, right. there, you can't start a month in advance to prepare or yeah. something. So it was like you know all planned out. The teacher and me would have like a game plan for okay, this day we're going to do this. This day we're going to do this. Let's get the icing because that can be made ahead of time a little bit. So like it was all planned out, and then it was just we're gonna be working for 24 hours straight. Like, we're just gonna have to crank this out. So it happened, but it was like at the end, I think I just sat on the kitchen floor. I think I remember like a picture I took, a selfie of like, oh my gosh, there has to be a much more efficient way of doing this. (laughs) We did it, it's great to go through. Like, I think those parts though of my story are like, you can't just have an idea and just go to the finish line. You have to put in that like grit. You have to go through seasons that just feel so impossibly hard and just not the right way to do it. But it's like the only way at the time. And you just have to work your way and progress into finding a more efficient way to do it. And so building the space was the most efficient way to do it. Like I needed a space away from my home. I needed a home back. I needed to have a place where work could be and cookies could stay here 
And at home, there's no cookies. It's just a home. So Paul was much more willing to talk about this after seeing what happened with the queue and the opportunities that kept coming. And so we started looking around Chardon. We, we um, you know, looked through a th few places. I always thought the square would be just the best place to be because I just love the energy there. Um, but we found Woody Brook Gables here and my husband had the initial conversation with the landlord here. And Rob is, he was meant to be my landlord. Like he is a fantastic person. He is the most generous human. I like, I look to him like, He's like a family member that I trust. He's just so, he wants success for his tenants. He was like a team player. And so um, I live very close to here. And so that has turned into a huge blessing because if I forget something, I can just run over. If I want to go for a walk on a nice day, I can walk to work. Um, I like how close I feel to home. And so this place was the perfect place for us to be. Very good. Yeah. And that was 2018? That was 2018 when good. we opened. Yeah, Yeah, we're coming up on four years. Okay. Oh, that's so fantastic. I know. And uh, so when you had made that decision to, like, okay, we're going to open up a space, um, I had asked you that question of, like, besides your dream, uh, what had told you to open up your shop? And when we had met in, in person, uh, I had to cut you off because you're, you're going down the story. And I, I wanted to hear it for the first time. Um, and you had mentioned the calves, and you also mentioned that there was uh, another sign, like from mm -hmm. God. Yeah. So I was, and I don't know which one happened first. I don't know if Grace sent the email first or if this moment in my backyard happened first. But it was like at dusk, and I was cleaning up the backyard. Like we must have played games outside or something. And I was in the backyard looking up at my house. And there were like twinkly lights like over there just strung on our deck. And I, I sat and I stared at our house. I was like, oh my gosh, it's just so, like it looks so cozy and our house looks so just pretty and it makes my heart happy. But I immediately like got this feeling of like sadness. And I felt sad that I don't feel happy inside. I felt sad looking at my house that it can look a certain way but inside, it's just work everywhere. Like, I feel overwhelmed with just the amount of cookie work that happens in that house. And I, I heard just an audible sound from God that told me, it's worth it. Do it for your family. And I don't know how else to say it, but I was just so confident in coming in. And I remember where Paul was sitting at the dining room table. I was like, Paul, like, God's got us. I know that this isn't going to fall. I know that doing this is scary, but like, I know I'm supposed to do this. If I don't do this, I have to either stop cookies or like scale back so much. And I didn't want either of those. Like I didn't want to stop making cookies, but I wanted home to feel like a place I wanted to be. And so it was just that moment that I felt the courage to say, I know I'm supposed to do this, and now I need to convince everyone else. Like, don't be afraid for me. I think we need to do this. I mean, inside, I, w I got really scared. Before, like, we opened the doors here, it was like I was telling everyone, we have to do this. We have to do this. Like, I, I convinced everyone that I was okay. We were going to be just fine. But, like, sometimes I would have doubts. Like, I don't know a thing about business. I don't know what I'm doing. 
can I really do this? And so there's a spot right behind me, behind that rack. And when the walls here were not built yet, like we designed everything to be built this way. And so we had work done where um, it was this like kitchen area was created. And when there were just, um, I don't know what you'd call it, studs. beans, studs, thank sure. you. So there's just studs, like the studs are, are all planned out and there's tape. And, you know, I have a hard time visualizing things. It was definitely better than a blueprint when it moved into tapes and studs. Like, I could start to see it. But I would come in at night or sometime, and I would stand there. And I remember just, like, looking around and just, like, willing my eyes to see. Like, what is it going to be? What's going to happen here? Like, I would pray there just all the time about this space, that it would be a blessing to all the people who came in. And, like... Sometimes when I'm here alone, the like magnitude of all of it like hits me where I just feel so fortunate and so glad that Paul was like on board with me because I feel that so many special things have happened here and it's so scary to step outside of your comfort zone and do things. But like, I know that we're supposed to be doing this. I just, I feel it. And I feel like we're not going to fail because it's like a divine journey that I'm supposed to be on with this. And so I'm just trying to listen and not let my own head like get in the way. I'm just trying my best to not get ahead of myself and just like enjoy the journey and the process and what's happening. You know, it's, it's commendable that you are admitting right that it's there's those scary moments even I'm though so like scared. on the surface you are you're, you're the champion you're you're saying this is going to happen this is going to be great and there is there is that fear i think that fear is important it is yeah, it's important because then it's it's recognizing that uh, it's not always rainbows and butterflies every single time yeah it's gonna be the challenges we'll overcome those and uh that's likely what is going to allow you to succeed because you don't want to fail you you have you have belief uh, there was the track record of success so you have that like behind you and there there's all the signs that tell you it's going to continue to succeed but there's still like we don't know what next month looks like we don't know what the month after looks like right. to have that continued success that requires uh, community to continue to believe in what you're doing. Oh my gosh, the right? community has been so amazing. Yeah. Like, I feel that everybody, it's not just the people who work in this kitchen, and I'll spend some time talking about them um, in a moment, but like, it is such a group effort. It is just every person that has ever trusted us or asked us to be a part of their family special events. It's just such a group effort and I feel so embraced by the community and just so fortunate that Chardon is what Chardon is. Like, it's a bunch of people who just root for you. I feel like people want, like when they get to know you, I feel like people just want success for you. And I love that about our community, that there's no, I don't want to say competition because there is, it's not like there's another uh, cookie, um, you know, business somewhere in a storefront, but I feel like there is just enough for everyone. And there are just so many, 
communicate. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. I feel, I don't know what, what I was trying to say. So I'd like to back up. Kate, she'll help us out. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so the community has just embraced everything we've done here. And when I have new ideas, they, they try them out. And I feel like they give great feedback about things. Like I want mostly to like, not just make the same thing all the time. I love to try new things and like keep it fresh. And I think that we get great ideas from the from our customers. You know, they'll they'll mention, oh this would be fun or that would be fun. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so creative. That's a great idea. I don't develop these ideas. Like it is just a constant conversation of what should we try? Like we have the ability to create anything delicious here. The name I, which is very random by the way, like when I made the name for a Facebook page long time ago, I didn't know what I was gonna do with this. I just was like, I need a Facebook so I can sell cookies. And it was like, C is for cookies. Okay, D is for delicious. Like it means nothing. When people are like, oh, is the D for Denise? I'm like, no, I'm not delicious. Like I, it's so, it's not a name. It's just like random. It's just very random. So, um, when people make suggestions about things, we love to just test it out. It's a team effort here. Yep. Okay, yeah. that's a great segue into CookieCon, right? That's another place yes. where you can test things out. Yes. Uh, so tell me about CookieCon and kind of the conversation that we had uh, before. Great. So the, believe it or not, there are a lot of people who do what I do out there in this world. And decorating sugar cookies is like a certain, it's not like baking. It's like more of the art portion, the detailing that makes it unique. So there's a convention, just like there's conventions for all sorts of interests. There is a cookie convention called CookieCon and they hold it in a different city every year. Um, I think it's been around for maybe 10 to 15 years now. I don't remember the exact number, but I think it's about 10 years. And I've attended three cookie cons now and the first time I went it was in Indianapolis and I just was amazed to find people that were like my tribe because they're moms they have kids they are running a business out of their home like that's my sp that's where I was exactly in my life when I went to my first cookie con and it was like it's so awesome when you find people who get it and who just know exactly oh yeah I know how hard it is to like look at cookies in your kitchen all the time. Like they got it. They weren't just like people like, oh, that must be hard. It, it They got it. And right. that felt so like assuring and amazing to be around these people who got it. And so the first time I went to a cookie con, I was, I think I was already in the process of like starting to research opening a storefront. I didn't have it yet, but I was researching the ins and outs. And so I found at that cookie con a few people who had storefronts. And I remember one day we just sat and talked for hours. I had a list of questions that I just kept asking, jotting down all their answers. And like I was learning, I was like a sponge, just taking in everything from these knowledgeable people who were willing to share like everything, like every secret, every bit of information that they could share to like help me be successful. And so those people have really, like they turned into my best friends. We don't live in the same state. We talk every day on Marco Polo, just about like our businesses and they're my mentors. And I don't know how I could be where I'm at without them because they're 
like they're in the same they specialize maybe and like you know they do more cakes and whatnot but they still decorate cookies they're moms they run businesses and they've been just insanely helpful to me so CookieCon is where I met people and that community of people you know just grew I would connect with them more and more between cookie cons and I I I don't know exactly how the conversation came up with the person the people in charge Mike and Karen who are in charge of cookie con but we had a conversation um at the cookie con uh where was the location louisville kentucky and afterwards i was just like you know the speakers the teachers were amazing i gave them feedback like i just love going i'd be honored to ever be a part of cookie con in any way because i think it's just the most valuable conference i've ever been to and they followed up with a phone call to me and were like we'd love for you to be a part of it we would love to have you speak at it and be one of our core instructors and so um they asked me on the day that we found out that schools were getting shut down for the pandemic. So the very day that I get this like amazing, incredible news that I'm going to be able to be an instructor, I find out my kids are going to stay home the following day because of the pandemic that's happening. And so CookieCon got postponed for a while, but it eventually happened this past October in Dallas and I was um, able to be an instructor. I didn't teach like cookie decorating skills. I was just a speaker in more of like the importance of connection and community and culture with, with the people that are your customers, with the people in your town. I just felt like I was a big cheerleader to people that you don't have to decorate the prettiest cookies. Like my work is fine. I make cute cookies. But I think it's more than just like the the cookie. It's what's embedded. It's like connecting with people and just having people um, just feel a part of what you're doing. And so I tried to communicate that with the classes that came through and um, just made some really good connections along the way with some awesome women who are, you know, maybe a few years back in their journey, but headed in the same direction where where I've gone. Right. So, you know, that... There's a lot to like unpack in that um, in that scenario, and it, I think there's two questions I have for you. One is going to be, how did they pick up that that is something that you could actually speak to really well? Because I don't think that everyone there could attest and speak and provide knowledge based on that. And then the other is, um, you know, what's really interesting is you you're mentioning going back to the basement days, mm-hmm. right? And it would just be the folks that you knew, and then their friends, and then people you didn't know. Someone could just go on YouTube and figure out how to decorate a cookie, right? Oh, right. Right. So what what do you think it is about you that they want to come and see you? Because it's not just going on YouTube, right? Yeah. I wonder if they just know that I'm going to be really honest and, like, open about, like, I love the stories. I I do love to go back over the journey and describe it because I feel that the journey describes the process so well that I didn't just land here just because I I just wanted to. Like there there was so much hard work along the way. And so I feel like by being honest and saying it was so hard, like my house was a mess, I like 
sometimes I think women especially need to know you can't be good at everything. There are going to be things that slip, but what's important to you? What, like, does it matter if your house is like pristine? No, it doesn't. And so I feel like by going over some of those things and just, they could tell I was genuine. I hope in what I said that they could see for sure that I was just being very real. And I hope that translates well in my interactions with with my people, is that they know that I'm just a real person who's like kind of a disaster a lot. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like I've embraced myself more and more over the years that that's just who I am. And I think that's how things work out is when you're too focused on like a perfection image or something, you'll never do it. Like you, if I have an idea, I'd rather just get it out there and do it and forget it. If it's, it's all done correctly. Like I want to do something, I just do it. And so I think by going through my story a little bit at cookie con, it gave the, the audience, um, there were like 900 women who attended the conference. And I think it just helped them to know you, you don't have to be the most amazing decorator because I think that is the piece that makes most people feel like incapable of going farther with their business. Maybe is like, if you're, you're, cause there are people, Dave, that they're literally drawing like portraits of characters on cookies. And I have a decorator here who can do that. Ethan can, he's an artist. He can put that work onto a cookie. My strength, I feel, is just connecting with people. And when people feel connected to you, I feel that your product, yes, it should still be a good product, but I think they mostly just want to like root for you. They want to be a part of your story. They feel like they're like, I'm going to say this loosely, like investing stock in like something that matters. And I think that they just know that through different things we do, like this is like going to serve our community somehow in a very cool way. And so everyone can just be a part of the story. It's not just my story. Like everyone's story is embedded in Dia's for Delicious. I just get to be like sometimes steering the ship a little bit, but there's a lot of captains. So I feel like we're just all on this really cool voyage together. Yeah. No, that that's perfect. Um, that is perfect. There's, there's a lot to that. That is so good. Um, you have an opportunity coming up in, I think, a week, or is it this week? It's yeah. this week, right? It's this okay. week. Um, and that is like exactly what you just said. You're you're making happen. So go ahead and share. I think it's the 25th. Yeah. So right. it's this Thursday that okay. the event is. Yeah. Can you just share real quick about yes. the, uh, that event? I will. And what you're putting on. Okay. So I found cookies because of, you know, the time in my life when I just felt a little bit lost as a mom to a special needs daughter. And so my heart has always just been a little bit sensitive, um, just broken for moms with kids with special needs. Like it's, it's a, it's a hard job. A lot of times it's a really hard responsibility that we have been entrusted with. And so I, I just have a tender spot for moms with kids with special needs. And I've always wanted to like do a cookie class for moms with kids with special needs at some point. Like it's always been on my radar. I've just never like followed through in doing it. Well, 
I have a space a few doors down that my landlord is ha- allowing me to use temporarily, temporarily as I kind of figure out what direction do I want to go. Um, so I have a space a few doors down um, that I've been using. And after Christmas, after like the hustle and bustle, and I start to like, when I take a break after Christmas, I start to think ahead. Like I have time to be creative again. Like what do I want to have happen in this first quarter? And I just kept coming back to like, I need to get the moms together. I need the, I need to just do it. And so one day, literally, I just looked at my calendar. I was like, I'm going to pick that date. It's in February, which is like a love month. And I just made a little thing to put on the online store, little description of what it would be. I want to have an event. It's for free. I just want to treat you to come tag a mom with a child with special needs. Like I want them to come. And I was blown away. Like the sound of my phone makes me excited. Like when we get an order, there's this little ding. It's like a cha-ching sound. (laughs) That day was so much fun because I was just like, oh my gosh, all these moms, like strangers. There are so many people that I don't know that are coming on Thursday and they all have a different story. I don't know, you know, some may have older children, some may have younger. I can't wait to know more, but basically, we're just going to have an event where I teach them a little cookie decorating. My hope is that it's more of just like a fun little thing to do while people are in conversation at their tables. I'm going to have tables of five or six and they're going to meet new people. And I hope someone at that table for one another becomes a a person that they feel connected with and share just some sort of similarity that maybe they can share phone numbers and stay in touch and just feel like known, feel understood. I feel the word for this event that keeps coming to mind is chosen. I feel that we're all chosen. We were chosen for these kids. And even though sometimes I don't feel at all um, like capable of the job I've been chosen for, I know God chose me for this role. And so I feel that our time together, as much as I'm trying to think of like this little touch would be fun, this, I think it's just going to be special because of what it is that we're coming together. And from this event, like some people have reached out to say, how can I help? Like, I want to help. I don't have a child with any needs, but I want to help. This is such a beautiful cause. And so what's so cool is I have this like service project. I have a team of people coming a little later today and I'm going to use all the equipment as well as one of my employees who's volunteering our time today. And we're going to make the dough. We're going to make white icing. And then we're going to teach everyone about all the steps in how to tint the icing, load the bag so we can create these kits for the moms to use later this week. And so it's it's so neat because people get to love on other people. Like the people coming today get to be the hands and feet and just help prepare all of this. All I'm donating are supplies, which that's not the that's not expensive in the whole like the whole aspect of this. It's like the labor that goes into the preparation of all these kits. Cause there are 45 women. I put the, I put the number at like 35, I think, or 38. And people keep messaging on the side. Like, I know it says sold out, but I have a friend. I'm like, of course we'll get extra chairs. Like, I'm not going to say no. Everyone who wants to come belongs there. Like we need to. And that is what I'm seeing is like, 
Dave, I love that. It's like my, that's my purpose. I'm feeling like, yes, D is for delicious is so special and amazing, but my heart and energy are like in this like service aspect and like, how can I be used like as a vehicle to like help people find the same, um, like interest in decorating cookies or using it as a form of therapy that I did because we're all hurting. Everybody has something that has broken them. And so there have been different communities of people that I feel need to decorate cookies with me. And I don't know where it's going to go. I have some ideas. There's like, I know I'm on a direction, but like, what does the final, the final, you know, finish line look like? I can't say there is one. I think it could go on forever, even past me. So it's exciting to be on this journey of just like bringing joy into other people's lives. And Thursday, I'm just so excited for Thursday. Yeah, I'm excited to hear how it went. I uh, I know that it'll be successful because it, it just, it already is, so, right? Yes. Uh, that's going to be really cool. Uh, I'm can, can we see like photos of that event? Is that going to yes, be somewhere? I'm going to take photos okay. and share. Um, absolutely. Cool. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah that's that's going to be really cool uh, to know like what's, what is going to be after that as well. I know. So cool. Congratulations. Thank to you up. so much. Um, that's a great segue into uh, LMC. Yes. I want you to just go ahead with that story. Okay. So I have uh, a new business venture in the nonprofit form and I'm still in the beginning stages of putting like the legal paperwork out and getting my new EIN number all the things for a business I've been taking some nonprofit classes and just learning what to do in terms of like making this an official thing so that there could be fundraising there could be there could be opportunities for people to love on other people through cookies so lmc stands for let's make cookies but the letters lmc stand for lauren michelle cornelison lauren is someone who i met back in 2000 i think 2019 is when she attended her first class i used to have classes here up in that front area where the floor is the uh, different um flooring that's where my like first classroom space was and everything was like moved back so i had classes here every month and there was this sweet girl who was coming always with her friend morgan or with her sister shannon and they would come month after month Lauren had no hair. She had a visible port. So we started talking about, you know, what type of a treatment she was getting. And she shared with me her story about having cancer and that she just loved to come to the monthly classes because she just felt like she could escape every bit of concern she had about her cancer diagnosis. And she could just focus on getting lost. And like, There was a day I remember Lauren sharing her story and a kind of a group gathered around, like strangers in the class. We all just kind of listened to her sharing her story. And I was just saying, Lauren, like your cookie work is amazing. Do you work somewhere during the day? Because you decorate amazing cookies. Like I would love to have you work here. And like, it's like the room got silent for a minute. And she just said, I, I don't want money. I just, I just want to make cookies. I'll do it for free. And like that moment for me, I could tell like it gave her purpose. It made her feel like 
cancer wasn't defining her, that she could do other things. She formerly was a nurse, but because of all the treatments, she just couldn't be in the field anymore. So Lauren started volunteering. She started coming when we had weeks where we were super busy and when worked around her schedule and it she went through a lot of ups and downs with when she wasn't feeling well but when she was feeling well and able to come like she just became a part of our family here we call this our cookie family like the people that work here we just talk all day over cookies we it's like a therapy room we talk about everything that breaks us and hurts us and we cheer for each other when great things happen but it's a place where people feel comfortable just talking. And so Lauren was able to be a part of that. And just, it was perspective for all of us. A lot of times when Lauren would leave, that we'd be like, I can't believe the struggles that we feel like we think are such a big deal. Like here's Lauren who can barely walk now because the cancer is like, the radiation had like killed the bone in the leg where they had, um, done she had a sarcoma and so she would she was on crutches um for quite a bit of time because she couldn't walk and we just felt like wow I can't believe our struggles seem so serious Lauren here is like not complaining about a single thing she comes here and just focuses on all the good and so Lauren continued to come. The pandemic changed things quite a bit because she was very much at risk of getting sick because of her immune system being so low. So Lauren and I didn't see each other for a little while, but when she started to come around again, she had gotten to the point with her journey that the cancer had come back just so much heavier. There was nothing more that could be done. And she was at peace with just saying, I've I've done all I can and I'm just going to enjoy whatever time I have left. And so she and her husband traveled and they did as many things as they could. Um, and I spent a lot of time with Lauren. I started going to her house to just visit a lot. And through our conversation, she always communicated how cookies gave her years of her life. She said, I, without a purpose, I just don't know if I would have been able to be around as long. And Although it was incredibly just painful to watch that, like I haven't been a part of a friend's story that close to watch what cancer does. But being able to share a lot of the last days with Lauren and talk about how cookies helped save her turned on a light bulb in my mind just about how I feel like that's just what they do for a lot of us. That even though our stories look a little bit different, that that's what that's how I found cookies like they saved me too and so Lauren and I had conversations about how I want cookies to bring other people that escape the way it did for she and I and so Lauren got me connected at the Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital because she received some of her treatment there because the type of cancer she had was commonly found in children and so she got a lot of her treatment there and she connected me with the art therapist at the Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital, and they started ordering. They ordered kits um, Christmas of 2019. Yes, 2019. They ordered a ton of kits that they gave to um, their pediatric cancer patients. And the feedback was just unreal. Like the parents were sending pictures to me of like their kids decorating cookies and saying, you know, this is the first time my children have sat together to do something without like 
worrying about sicknesses. Like we all just forgot about our problems for a while. And like, it was such a reminder to me just how cookie decorating just meets us all where we're at. And it was important for me to continue with Lauren to bring cookies to these kids. And even though they weren't ordering them anymore, I said, I contacted my my person at the clinic and I was like, I just want to start donating them. Lauren and I are going to drive them down. It would be this whole ordeal just even getting Lauren into the car because the use of her leg had really diminished. She was in a wheelchair toward the end. Her husband would help her into my car and Delaney and I would take her to the Cleveland Clinic with us where she was a part of the the process of donating these kits. And I have a picture of the last donation because it's so special to me because she in she opened my eyes up to what this all is. Like I guess it's always been there, but I don't think that I would have recognized it if it weren't for Lauren sharing and making me aware of just what cookies did for her. And I want to continue that. I told her before she passed away that I showed her the logo. I showed she helped me pick out the name. Like she is the foundation of Let's Make Cookies. And my desire is that it's going to be able to bless people in any capacity, people who are hurting and need a creative escape, that they can watch our YouTube tutorial, follow along and decorate their cookies, and just feel like they can get lost a little bit in some cookie therapy. And so that's that's the journey I'm on right now is just getting that all in place, having um, somehow figuring out this um, division between D is for delicious and let's make cookies. Like the overlap confuses me, but I have a mentor that is coaching me in nonprofits and I feel that it's just I've been connected with some great people who are they're not going to let me not do this. And so I love that, just having people who check in on me to say, okay, where are you at? You don't need to know everything. Like, you're going to figure it out. And I know that, but it still sometimes becomes paralyzing. But I have to look back on my experience and say, you're right. I didn't know a lot of what I know now. And the only way to know is to learn through figuring it out in the process. So Let's Make Cookies is... Um, going to be a thing. And I don't know if the home is going to be down the way, but I know that that is like bringing out my true purpose in all of this is to teach people how to decorate cookies so they can get lost a little bit, just like I did. It's so cool. When we had first met that, that was the, that was like the thing that was your story. Uh, and I, I always try to figure out like what, uh, what's like the nugget that a listener will get out of like your story, right? And it is how you started is where you're at today. Mm. The purposes are exactly the same. And along the road, you were able to form the business. You're changing people's lives in the community, the folks that you work with, the environment that you're able to have for your team. And now it's like that extension of how you're able to change people's lives in those moments. How like that's super rewarding. So congratulations. That's, Thank you. That's very exciting. So excited. Yeah, the future is going to be very, very cool. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun year for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possible expansion, uh, looking into having the nonprofit actually take off. Yes. Um, can you share anything else uh, that, uh, like, Lauren's feelings about LMC and, like, her, like, what, what still sticks in your mind from her that makes, 
that makes you want to continue along that path? I just remember so much Lauren sharing with me as well as her family. Like she was most afraid of being forgotten. She didn't have children. She wasn't able to have children because shortly after she and her husband got married and wanted to start a family was her cancer diagnosis. So she doesn't have like a legacy in children to leave behind. And so she was just so afraid people that she would be forgotten over time. And I just feel that that is what makes this the most like important piece to me is that she is remembered through this, that her story is shared through this journey. Because I feel that she impacted my life like in an enormous way. And I don't even think I knew how enormous until like she was in her final days where we were just like trying to like unleash everything we felt about each other. And just, we only knew each other for like two years, but like she, if it hadn't happened in those exact time frames, I wouldn't have learned any of this about myself. Like she will never be forgotten. And that is my mission to be sure that through all of this, she inspired something big. Like it's a movement that I feel everyone is going to benefit from because of her heart and the way that she didn't, she did, she wasn't like having a pity party. Like she lived life to the fullest. She didn't let cancer bring her down. She inspired another person in their nonprofit journey. Like she was this very quiet, well, she, her family would be laughing right now because she wasn't quiet, but like around people she knows she was so silly and funny, but like a lot of people would just think she's a very quiet person, but like she was small, but mighty. She had, God used her story to just spark other journeys and she's going to live on forever in those. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very long time. And that's just so cool. Uh, She is watching everything you're doing right now for sure. And I'm sure she's proud. I'm so yeah, excited so cool. to your, honor her. Your story is is uh, is one of my favorite to date, for sure. And I think it'll Thank be my favorite for a long time. So I really appreciate you sharing everything. Um, we didn't even get to the King Cone uh, question. Oh, Let's go ahead question. and tackle that real quick. Cause I, yes. I have to ask that every time. So uh, favorite flavor, King Cone. So I, would, I like different things all the time. I like trying different things. Um, I think my favorite thing that I've repeated on is the no name. And I don't even know what's in it, but it involves peanut butter, I'm sure. And like there's saltiness. So I think pretzels are in it too. But the no name is like a creation I love. And it might be because my husband was there on the day they were like inventing it. And they had it as like a sample after they photographed it. And Paul got to eat it. And so I think part of me like loves it because that's such a cool story. The story. Like (laughs) Paul got to eat the one that was pictured and he was like such a fan of it. So I think the no name for sure. I, they, um, we've partnered with them and they use our cookies at King Cone for like cookie globe. I think it's called one creation and like ice cream sandwiches, but I've never eaten them. And I feel like one day I need to try it, but it just feels so weird going somewhere else and like going back to my cookies. Like I don't want to eat my cookies. (laughs) They're around all the time. So no name. How about you? What's your favorite? Uh, It is uh, the mint moose tracks. 
Oh, yeah. Yes, it's very good. That sounds very good. I get extra fudge on top. It's very good. Nice. Yes. I can't get anything larger than the small. I don't know if that makes me weak. No. Or the small just, is perfect. It's really filling. It's a good size. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were actually driving by yesterday, and my son, he's four, driving by, Dad, King Cone, it's open. I said, yes, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, so that we'll, we'll be making our way there, oh, I'm sure, yes. very soon. Well, very good. All right, so last question I have for you. If, if, you, if anyone knows me, like really knows me, there's always like a last question, so there might be a couple <laughs> more. But anyways, um, what would you want to tell the folks that are part of your team here at the cookie shop? Like, what would you want them to know? Oh my gosh. I just want them to know how much I adore them. Like when I opened the cookie shop, I had no idea how important it would be to have employees. I had a few at the time, but like I thought I was the cookie decorator here and I would just do it all. And I quickly learned oh my gosh, I want to go home. I can't be here until stupid o'clock all the time, which is what was happening. (laughs) And so I didn't really want to be a boss, but I guess I didn't look at that part of owning a business is like being a boss and like hiring employees. But the employees that have made their way here are often through like recommendations of others. Like it's still... I haven't ever put out an ad like looking to hire because it's still just so near and dear to me. Like we don't need a ton of employees. I like to have the same familiar faces so people learn a task and can keep doing it. But time has gone on and I've had people come and go and I've had to go through the process more often of having new people come in. And I absolutely could not do it without them. I could never have had a fraction of the success that we've had here. Like often when I talk about Diaz for Delicious, I say we, because even though I'm the owner, like this would not happen without the people here. They are crazy talented. Everyone has like just interesting um, like talents that get unraveled in time where, you know, I might have an idea for someone to do as their primary responsibility at first, but like, it's funny how you can see what their true gifts are. And I want it, I want them to use those instead because everyone has such crazy talent here. And whether it's from the way that they interact with customers and are like a champion for our brand, or if they're a decorator and everything in between, they're just amazing people that I feel just in awe of that I get to have these people who are so loyal and behind like the mission. And I don't have a like per se mission here, but I think it's to spread joy and kindness and through cookies. And I think they all do that. And they like, I think they appreciate and treasure their jobs. I hope they do. I really believe they do. I think we all feel lucky to be a part of this thing that's happening. And we don't even know what it is that's happening. But I feel that they are growing in a way where they're responsible for so much. And they know so much about everything here where I'm seeing that, like, I don't want to say it's the exit for me because I would have a very difficult time like ever just saying I'm done here. But that is life and that's something I need to plan for that I would love to have more time to pursue with Let's Make Cookies. 
and more time one day to travel with my family. And I know that the people here have got my back. I know that they believe in what we're doing here and will do amazing work. You know, part of that is the environment that you've been, been able to create for your team. Uh, can you just share a couple stories about like, how can you make that environment? How do you make that environment more fun? I, I mean, I guess I had a little something to do with it, but I don't want to say I just did because everyone here is so funny and like silly that I love to dance and I'm not a good dancer, but I just love to dance. And so sometimes we will turn on songs and like do line dances where everyone does the dance. And it's like just a break. Like you can't just sit all day and hunch over cookies while you work. So we have had a lot of dance parties in this kitchen. And most recently, one of my favorite things that we did was I've always wanted to learn the Napoleon Dynamite dance. Like I love that last act he does on the stage. I've wanted to learn it for years and years and years. And I don't even know how I thought to actually follow through with this, but I kind of felt like we need to do some team building. Like some, we need to do something. We were just getting out of like winter last year. I was like, we need to do something funny. So I contacted Fairmont Center for the Arts and I asked, I was like, random question. <laughs> Would any dance instructors happen to be up for a challenge of learning the choreography to the Napoleon Dynamite dance and teaching us? And yes, there was a guy and he literally learned the, the dance, the choreography, and then taught us. We went for like five different days after work. We all went there. We learned this choreography. The instructor was so funny because he's like a professional dancer and he would be like, you guys, none of this dance makes sense. Like there aren't <laughs> counts per se, like in the traditional sense where there's like a pattern. There's just a lot of random. And it was just such a fun thing to accomplish it. Like we had a video made of us doing it because I just like my love language is quality time. And so I look at all of those sessions and like the culminating video as just like so fun that we just did all this together. And now when we hear it, we'll be like, Oh my gosh, I remember. And it's like embedded in us a little bit and just so many laughs and stories. So that's that's like one small part of the culture. We like just silliness. I birthdays are big here. Like I have two of my employees, Hannah and Ethan, they love to like decorate for people's birthdays. They'll stay after, they will put up all these banners make it so happy and inviting so that when the birthday person comes in, it's like decked out and special. And so we just have fun, fun ways of celebrating each other and just like loving on each other. That's a, that's a testament to you, that. your energy, like you cultivating that environment. Like that, that is so cool. Thank that's you. another congrats. That's, I mean, you just, you don't get that with every business owner. You don't get that with every um, work environment. Right. But you're, team I think is really lucky to have you as what they can call your boss right which is probably weird you probably don't have them call you boss or owner <laughs> it's so it's like, funny I'm just One of we're them, on the same level folks like Ethan calls me boss all really? the time and I'm like oh my gosh no it's so weird it's so weird I don't want to be a boss like it's it's a very big responsibility and I feel just constantly like communication is the piece that I feel is always something I have to work on. Just as a boss, being a better communicator is always the piece that gets me. Like 
there's always something to work on. And that's the piece of being a boss. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I looking back, it would be so boring here if I didn't have these amazing people to work with. Like having a team and having other people be able to like earn a living making cookies with me. It's such an honor that we all get to be on this journey together. I just love them so much. So awesome. All right, Denise. I want to say thank you very much for your time to uh, record the story. I hope that everyone listening really just like feels it, loves it, shares it with their friends as well. Uh, where can uh, the listeners actually find more information about you? Yeah, so on my website, um, d the number four dcookies.com, there's a lot of information about D is for delicious and um, there will be information there as well about Let's Make Cookies so that you can get connected and follow along on social media, Facebook and Instagram. I use a lot to just update on classes and different opportunities. We're going to do some summer camps. So lots of fun things coming up. Very good. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was so fun to talk to you. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you very much for having a listen. I hope you had a lot of fun hearing about the background stories about the businesses that you drive by every day. For more information about Chardon Biz and also more information about Chardon Physical Therapy, go ahead and visit ChardonPT.com. That's P as in physical, T as in therapy, ChardonPT.com. Also go ahead and subscribe so that you can have a listen next week.